Hey there folks, Ruben here with a quick content warning. This episode of the Spicecast contains some adult language, so if you're not interested in hearing any swearing, or if you're around people who aren't interested in hearing any swearing, uh, this might not be the right episode for you. I just also wanted to remind you that if you haven't rated and reviewed the Spicecast on your favorite podcatcher, please do that. Thanks and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Spice Cast, the podcast where we talk about spices and the spicy moments in our everyday lives. I'm your host, Ruben, and joining me this episode are two very special guests. Uh, guest number one, would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Heidi, um, and I think the moment that I found out Ruben has a, a podcast about spices, I asked to be on this episode, so I'm excited to be here. Really excited to have you as well, Heidi. Um, number two guest, would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Ashley. I am guest number one's sister, and we both have red hair. Mm-hmm. Dare I say, you could call us gingers if you're interested in that term. Well, thank you very much for <laughs> being on with us, Ashley. Of course. Um, if you did not read the episode title for whatever reason, uh, the fact that both of these guests have red hair is relevant. Uh, we are going to be focusing on ginger this episode. Uh, and red-haired people, in case you're not aware, are colloquially and affectionately referred to as gingers in some circles. So um, before we get started, I just wanted to ask um, each of you or both of you, uh, how has your red hair, your your ginger hair, impacted your life, if at all? Um, I think uh, from an early age, it was, Heidi and I talk about this all the time, from an early age, it was an identifier that made us unique without us having to try. So that was cool. Like, we didn't have to learn the violin or the trumpet to be, like, have a, a, a cool, fun fact about us. Um, I will say through... Um, through the years, the ginger term or the redheaded like um, trait kind of took a turn for the worst, I would say, and I'm gonna have to blame South Park for that. Um, the gingers have no souls. That like the surgence of that in the maybe mid 2000s. Yeah, um, definitely. Or probably I don't even know when it came out. Kick a ginger was, day was t- kick a ginger day. It was, it was tough for us, you know. <laughs> um, but I think you know, a sort of ginger renaissance has happened recently and, and, you know, redheads everywhere are really embracing our hair color. And, and as uh, whether it be a myth or not, we are a dying breed. So it's, it's just something cool to say that we have natural. And I will say it's, it's easy to spot a, a fake redhead. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's like, we just, I, we have this like, the sense sense. Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you, you see a redhead and you just like, you do like an internal, like nod, like, and just there's something that happens between you and it's just unsaid, you know? Yeah. So, so uh, what's your position on people with red beards? I happen to have um, brown hair, but a, a reddish beard. Does that count? 
we'll accept you. It's not the same, but... <laughs> you don't have to just because you're on my podcast. Yeah. I I know a lot of people in the, in the same camp as you with red in their beards. Um, so I... I recognize them as gingers. I don't know about you, Ashley. I think, yeah, I, I think it's how do you feel about it, you know? Because yeah, I, I mean, think a lot, a lot of men I talk to aren't thrilled that they get some red in their beard, which understandable because it doesn't sometimes match your head hair. So well, how do you feel about it? I mean, I, I've never really felt like I identified as a redhead, um, considering my head isn't <laughs> red hair. Uh, mm-hmm. But... I do, I do appreciate surprising people with the color of my beard. I don't know. That was that was always great in high school. Like when I first started being able to grow it, uh, and people were like, "Wow, your your beard is actually really red." I didn't know you. I didn't know that was part of you. Um, yeah. So that you know that's always been interesting. But nowadays I don't really grow it out, not because I don't like the color, but because I don't like the way it looks much. Right. Yeah. Facial hair is just a whole other conversation. But, yeah, it sure is. I mean, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, you can, uh, we accept you for sure. We, I appreciate it. I, I well, feel I, like it, uh, it's an indicator of your heritage, at least. <laughs> yeah, I, I very much appreciate you accepting me into your ranks. <laughs> Do either of you have any kind of affinity for ginger, the spice, uh, related to your red hair or unrelated? I definitely do. I don't know if it's related or not, um, but I'm actually I'm drinking some ginger kombucha right now. I'm a big fan. And I don't even know if I actually like the taste, um, but every time I see something that's labeled ginger, I always buy it just to try it. <laughs> wow, that's that's a lot yeah yeah i feel like ginger similarly to red hair ginger as a spice in an ingestible situation has had a rebrand recently and i feel like it's clumped with you know how cauliflower has had like a rebrand um recently that because it has so many nutritional benefits um people are just putting it in everything you know like you know, yeah. add a little ginger. Like, why not? Because it, it, and personally, I feed into if if something tells me that it's gonna help my digestion or literally anything, I will eat it. So, um, I don't I don't particularly like the taste either. Um, I guess it depends on how I'm eating it. Like, I don't really I don't really fuck with like ginger next to sushi. I don't know why. It just like oh, I love that. I always eat hers. I know. Me I know. Too. It's enough. It's an unpopular opinion. I just, I can't tell if it's a texture or like I just ate sushi and I don't want anything else besides sushi, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I will say something about ginger, um, the spice in addition to red hair. It, it does stand out. It, it is a, it's a prominent flavor in dishes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it definitely has that in common. Yeah. So with that, yeah, I- uh, do either of you want to start with um, what ginger is? Well, I, up until, you know, 10 minutes ago, I thought it, it was a root, but is that wrong? Yeah. It is, is wrong. Oh, God. Yeah, I thought that <laughs> I, too. Yeah, same. I also have just been calling it a ginger root. Out so here just being wrong. No it is, no, it is called ginger root. That is, oh, okay. that is correct. 
but it is actually the rhizome of the ginger plant. And so the difference between roots and rhizomes, I definitely had to look this up. Uh, we've had one rhizome on the Spice Cast so far, and that was turmeric. And I believe I got it wrong on that episode, so I just want to correct myself here. It is a rhizome, it's not a root either. Um, gotcha. But rhizomes are the underground stems that generally grow horizontally and are used to store a plant's energy, while roots generally grow vertically and are used for gathering resource, resources from the ground. So it's basically a, a question of, are you storing resources or are you gathering resources? Got it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, other rhizomes that are commonly eaten include turmeric, like I mentioned, as well as horseradish. So horseradish isn't a root either. Oh, interesting. Well, I remember I listened to your turmeric episode, and I remember you were talking about ginger a little bit too. Um, and I had no yeah. idea that they were even close to related. So that's cool. Yeah. The other thing that's really cool about ginger and different from most of the spices that we've featured so far on the spice cast is uh, that it is a cultigen, what's known as a cultigen, which means that it doesn't grow wild at all. There is no such thing as true wild ginger. Um, and that is, so it's it's only cultivated by humans. Um, this fact is confused by the by um, the term wild ginger, which is used for a few different species in a different genus uh, because they have a similar taste to ginger, but those aren't actually uh, true gingers at all. Uh, not that we are uh, discriminating on this podcast. <laughs> we, we don't get to say what is a true ginger and what is not. Uh, but those are not in the same family as uh, what what is generally considered ginger. Um, there's another plant that's called wild ginger, and it's native to North America, and it's uh, the the Latin name is Acerum canadense, and it can actually cause permanent kidney damage and possibly some types of cancers. So uh, according to the F, that's according to the FDA. So don't eat that kind of wild ginger. <laughs> That's crazy and terrifying a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it doesn't look quite quite the same either. So I don't think anybody's going to mistake it for um, real ginger. But, uh, yeah, definitely be aware of that one. <laughs> so like we were saying, ginger is in the same family as turmeric, cardamom, and galangal. Do either of you know uh, anything about galangal? No, I've literally never heard that. So I was doing some research on galangal uh, before the episode, and it is also a rhizome uh, that has a similar flavor to ginger. Uh, it's used in a lot of Southeast Asian cooking, uh, and it is the only thing that's really different about it is it's a lot woodier than ginger, so it's like harder to use in a in a recipe because it's like more fibrous. Oh, interesting. It has the same kind of taste. Yeah, it's kind of a milder gingery flavor, um, and it's one of the staples of Thai cooking. Oh, I love Thai food. Yeah. When I was trying to make my own Thai curries, um, I got some galangal, but you can only get it frozen around here, so or that's the easiest way of getting it. So 
it always uh, was really difficult to break it up because of the uh, woody stem. Right. So ginger is often used fresh in the um, like the chopped up rhizome, uh, but it is also frequently dried and ground into a powder. Um, so when you think of ginger, what kinds of cuisines do you think of? I think of uh, like winter holiday treats, <laughs> like gingerbread, mm-hmm. uh, ginger snap cookies, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, go yeah. ahead. I think my I think my um, I originally like used to because I, I we didn't really eat a lot of ginger growing up in any other form besides like holiday food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now that we're older, I'm like noticing it way more in drinks and soups and, you know, palate cleansers for sushi or just in other forms. So I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So we, we can start in Europe and the U.S. Um, and in Europe and the U.S., ginger is, like you said, often used for sweet applications, including mm-hmm. gingerbread, um, ginger snaps. And there's a, a cookie called speculos, which is really popular in Northern Europe. Um, do either of you have any fun stories about gingerbread people or gingerbread men? Did you bake those when you were kids? I tried to bake them, not when I was a kid, but like this <laughs> past, uh, I guess, 2019 in December. I attempted to um, for something I was doing with work. and. They were the ugliest. They were not, it was supposed to be a gingerbread person. Um, it was like a gingerbread blob. <laughs> um, it was pretty disappointing, but I still ate it and it tasted great, so. Well, that's all that matters, right? Right. Yeah, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So the the first documented um, account of gingerbread people is from the court of the uh, Queen Elizabeth I of England. And apparently those gingerbread cookies were made to resemble the guests that were attending the dinner um, that was being served. And another fun fact, Queen Elizabeth I was a redhead. So it all ties back. Huh, I did not know that. Also, how cool would it be to have the queen like commission a, a cookie to look like you? Oh, that would that would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, how about gingerbread houses? Do you have any um, particular love for them? Um, I don't have any childhood memories of about making of making them, um, except maybe in school. But I think I, have, as an adult, I've dabbled, um, and they look like shit. Like honestly, <laughs> I'm really bad at making them. And I just feel bad for the ginger people who are living in this shitty house that I built. And well, they don't taste that good. It's just yeah, that's true. It's not my favorite. In order to make them stand up properly, I feel like you have to overbake them so they don't right. they don't taste that good. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the I patience will, for it. For the decoration part. Yeah, for just to take the time to <laughs> to do all of it. I just want to eat it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. I, I feel the same way. Well, I would say neither of you should go back to 1600s Germany uh, and become bakers. 
because apparently um, shaped gingerbread originated uh, around that time period in Germany. And for most of the year, only highly skilled bakers, um, trained bakers, were allowed to make gingerbread. And they made these like incredibly intricate um, like sculptures and carved gingerbreads and like gingerbread in the shape of hearts. And it was like incredibly finely decorated with icing. And it was just very impressive. Um, And then about 100 years later in the 1700s or early 1800s is the first recorded case of a house made out of gingerbread. However, I think either of you would have been fine uh, not uh, not being a baker, but just being a normal person because normal people were allowed to bake gingerbread around the holidays uh, in Germany around that time. And they the gingerbread that people baked did not have to be like intricately shaped or decorated or anything. It could just be like normal gingerbread. I thought it was interesting that normal people were like not allowed to make gingerbread during the rest of the year that seems like a weird restriction to have yeah i wonder how that was enforced or if it was enforced. yeah, yeah I, I, I think say... probably just ginger was pretty expensive so maybe people mm-hmm. wouldn't afford it wouldn't be able to oh, afford yeah, it during yeah. the rest of the year sorry ashley what were you gonna say no you're good i like the idea of giving it as a gift like for me i don't like to make gingerbread houses um, because like if I'm gonna eat it, then I just you know rather just eat some gingerbread cookies. But if if I was a baker, that does sound exciting to like really get into your craft and um, you know bake a house that someone wants to buy. I think it sounds nice. Or really, you bake a, a figure that someone wants to buy. But um, randomly, I did. I've done Ancestry.com and assuming Heidi and I have the same parents. <laughs> Um, we are 23% Germanic European, so it's just literally in our blood to like ginger. Yeah, so just go back 200 years or so, and you could be, you could be a gingerbread baker. I wouldn't last for a lot of reasons, but uh, including the the gingerbread baking, I just wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> One other uh, ginger treat that is common in um, the Western world is ginger ale. Uh, And I I really loved ginger ale as a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. And my mom would always give it to me to calm my stomach if I was feeling sick. So I I feel like that's, it's interesting that like even through the years, uh, like ginger's digestive properties have been passed down to pretty much everybody in even in the in the US for sure I think I, I really like ginger ginger ale as well as well Heidi and I are sorry Heidi, I keep speaking for both of us but um, <laughs> our we didn't have great stomachs growing up and so I think it was always we had like ginger ale or Sprite or some kind of carbonated beverage Mm-hmm. But a light so, one, not like a cola. Yeah, right, yeah, right. not not like a dark one. Yeah, and so I think Sprite's like my been my favorite. I'm not like a huge soft drink drinker, but Sprite's in general have been my favorite, and I think it's because I identify them as like helpers. You know. Yeah. There's also an interesting ginger uh, liqueur that's made in France um, in modern days, uh, 
it's called Canton because it's based on a recipe that I believe they took from uh, a province of China, the, the Cantonese province of China. Um, I, I had never really heard of that before, um, but there's also ginger wine that is made in the UK and it's basically just um, f ginger that's added to, or like fermented ginger that's added to, um, I believe, grape grape juice or fermented grape juice. Huh, I wonder what that tastes like. That is definitely something I would like to try. Yeah. I also, um, I did look up ginger beer when preparing mm -hmm. for this, uh, but I did find out it's not alcoholic, so I, I did lose interest pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are alcoholic ginger beers. Oh, okay. But I don't think they're the traditional kind. Got it. So um, let's move, I guess, south to the Caribbean, uh, where ginger is used in a variety of beverages, including, as you were saying, ginger beer, um, but also ginger tea. And there's a Jamaican Christmas drink called sorrel that uses ginger as well. Um, additionally, there is a fairly famous Jamaican ginger cake uh, that is popular around the holidays as well. Interestingly, um, there is also a ginger beer that's brewed in Greece uh, in the, on the island of Corfu, and apparently this is because of the um, British influence that they, that they got uh, ginger beer, uh, a recipe for ginger beer that's common to this day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I, I don't know if they, I guess they probably didn't develop independently those two ginger beer sort of traditions, but um, they're definitely very separate now. Yeah, no kidding. The other cuisine that I really wanted to mention when thinking about ginger is Indian cuisine, uh, because ginger is in pr pretty much all the vegetarian and meat-based uh, like curries in India. Oh, I didn't know that. And I, I've had curry, like Indian curry, so I'm sure yeah. I've had it. I just didn't, I didn't catch it. Yeah. So it's, um, it's used in lentil-based curries as well as the two that I mentioned, meat-based and vegetable-based. And it is a pretty key ingredient. It's often crushed together with garlic to make a ginger garlic paste, and that's like the base for many dishes. So you'll, you'll add onions and you'll add ginger and garlic. Um, and oil, and you'll cook all those together, and then toast your spices, and then begin making your your sauce. So that's a um, that's a pretty common Indian preparation. I feel like it's it's harder for me. However, I don't have a very developed palate, um, but I feel like it's harder for me to identify ginger in a more savory meal. If that makes sense. Um, like I think as like a dessert, I can identify the taste, but I. I've also had Indian curry and I've never recognized it. Yeah, I think it's it's probably just that we're a lot more used to um, eating it in a sweet context in the mm -hmm. U.S., so makes it harder to to pick it out. Also, the mm -hmm. fact that Indian dishes often have um, a whole lot of spices going on, it might be harder to notice. That's yeah, true. that's literally I'm focused on. I'm like, my mouth hurts. <laughs> yeah. So ginger is also used in masala chai. It's one of the spices that um, spice 
that is used to spice tea. Um, and it is also used to spice coffee in India, as well as a yogurt drink called Sambaram, which is popular in South India. Mm. Wow. I don't like the idea of drinking yogurt. It, <laughs> it reminds me of... It's like a, oh, a yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could fuck with some ginger coffee, though. That sounds good. Yeah, that does sound good. I really like chai, and so I feel like any hot mm-hmm. beverage with ginger is probably going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also just think, like you guys both mentioned, like the sentiment of ginger in a hot beverage really... I like I like who I am with that <laughs> in, in that scenario. You know, it, it sounds like it's a crisp fall, winter not, evening or, or morning, and I'm drinking a hot ginger beverage. It just sounds nice, you know, soothing. Would you by any chance add some rum to that beverage? Oh, for sure. Doesn't matter what time of day. <laughs> Ginger powder in India is um, often used in large quantities, specifically in foods that are for pregnant or nursing women, which is interesting. And it's one of the um, believed health benefits of ginger is that it's, it's helpful for women who are pregnant or nursing. Uh, and one other common application is uh, candied and pickled ginger, or two other common applications, I guess, are candied and pickled ginger, um, and, which are also common as uh, snacks or sweets in India. Yeah, and pickled ginger, that's what's served with sushi, right? As a palate cleanser, maybe? Yeah, so let's get into Japanese use of ginger. So there are three uh, primary uses for ginger in Japan. So the, the first one is the one you've been talking about, which is called gari. Um, and that is the sour, sweet, pickled ginger that's served on the side of sushi. But then there's another kind of pickled ginger, um, and it's called beni shoga. And shoga means ginger in Japanese. So um, beni shoga is a, it's a, it's a spicier, saltier pickled ginger. And it is sort of used uh, like parsley as a garnish on top of or on the side of dishes. Um, so you, you'll sort of sprinkle a little bit of, it's, it's actually, there are pink uh, little rectangles of chopped ginger uh, on top of your uh, ramen or on top of your curry or yakisoba or something like that. And it's just sort of a little garnish. Hmm, That's that must—it's probably pleasing to the eye, like it's Yeah, it sounds cute. It's all pink. Yeah, <laughs> I think it—I think it, it looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like juxtaposed with—I feel like ramen is typically like muted colors, so it's like green. So. So the third common use for ginger in Japan is a ginger candy. Um, that's very common. Uh, I think it's common pretty much everywhere to have ginger candy. Um, but it's often used for like people with sore throats or coughs or uh, stomach aches, and it's sort of supposed to be to make you feel better and often given to kids for that purpose. I think if someone handed me a ginger candy and told me it would like fix anything, I would believe them. If they were like, "This will mm-hmm. heal your broken bones," they'd be like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in on that. Mm-hmm. Placebo effect is real for us. Yeah. Like, 
we believe in anything. <laughs> Into it. Um, in terms of elsewhere in Asia, ginger is used widely in many countries across Southeast and East Asia. Um, I don't have a ton of listed reference for exactly the ways it's used, but uh, minced ginger or ginger juice is used often in the process of making kimchi, which is something that I didn't I didn't realize. Oh, I didn't know that either. I eat, I eat kimchi a lot too. Yeah, I really like kimchi. Okay, so with that, um, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about the history of ginger. So let's talk a little bit about the history of ginger. So do either of you know about the history of the word ginger? I was going to say, I'm going to guess it didn't start on South Park. <laughs> it did not start on South Park. It definitely did not. Um, so the word ginger is believed to come from the Dravidian language family of Southern India. Uh, it's possible that the root of the word is inchi, which means root in some languages of that family, uh, which is confusing because the root means root. Um, but <laughs> the word traveled through Sanskrit, Greek, Latin, Old English, and Old French before arriving in Middle English, which is an interesting path. And in Latin, it's known as gingiber so it's pretty close by then um, and in old English ginger was known as gingifer which is like very very close in terms of the botanical origins um, the, the ginger is believed to originate in what is called maritime Southeast Asia which includes the islands of Indonesia Malaysia the Philippines and a number of others and it was likely domesticated by the Austronesian peoples of that region and then spread through the Austronesian expansion between 5,000 and 2,000 years ago. Um, and from there, it reached Asia, New Zealand, like mainland Asia, New Zealand, Hawaii, Madagascar, and like a ton of other places. So it was pretty amazing how prolific their spread of ginger was. And it was said that the Austronesian peoples um, took ginger plants in their canoes as they were like going across the ocean uh, to these other places, which is, it's crazy when you think about it, like how important ginger was already to them as mm -hmm. like a, a spice and a, and a medical plant as well. Yeah. yeah, I like their energy. I really like their energy. <laughs> yeah. So the earliest written record of ginger is from Confucius in China about 2,500 years ago. Um, and the record says that Confucius ate ginger with every single meal. So wow. he was a big fan, big, big fan of ginger. And by uh, 400 uh, CE, which I guess is like 1,600 years ago, Ginger was being grown on Chinese ships uh, that were sailing like to various places around the world. And the sailors and soldiers that were on the ships 
would eat the ginger to prevent scurvy during their voyages. Oh, wow. That's so smart to just have it there. Yeah. And the fact that it can grow without much water, I guess, uh, fresh water, is, like, pretty smart. Yeah. Um, Is it true that it takes, like, at least a ginger we buy in stores, it takes, like, 10 to 12 months to grow? I have heard that as well, yeah. I don't I don't have like definite confirmation on that, but Right. That is what I read. But I guess it was they were their voyages were long enough that it was easy to grow on a ship. Right. I guess if they're I mean constantly traveling, they like are constantly growing ginger as well. And enough for like an entire ship worth of sailors, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Just the, maybe like only certain ranks and above. Gotcha. <laughs> Got the ginger. Everybody else, else you can just, you can just get scurvy. Who cares? Yeah. Ginger was also one of the first spices to reach Europe through the spice trade um, and was used by ancient Greeks and Romans. Uh, a fun fact that I found, and this is everywhere because it's like the, the most fun fact about ginger, I think. In England in the 1300s, a pound of ginger cost as much as one sheep. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's aggressive. Okay. Um, I would not pay that much for that. I would rather well, have a sheep. <laughs> well, how much does a sheep cost? That's fair. But like, one pound of ginger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Either, if, if I'm looking yeah. for nutrition, I'm definitely into the sheep. Or like a, a friend, you know, you Well, you can have it as a friend and drink its milk for nutrition. <laughs> yeah, and shave it for more, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, since we are speaking about ginger on this podcast, I shouldn't shave it like that. Like, <laughs> I'd probably it's it's it worth a sheep. Yeah. But Absolutely. Yeah. In uh, the present day... India produces approximately 32% of the world's ginger, but India only accounts for around 1% of the world's ginger exports. So it, that means that like 90%, 95% of the ginger that is grown in India is consumed in India. They're, they're a huge consumer of ginger. That's cool. Other large producers are China, Nigeria, Nepal, Indonesia, and Thailand. Yeah, I uh, through research I noticed it's probably growing in warmer areas and like tropical areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it can be cultivated year round, which is crazy. Like, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. All right, so let's take a break for a word from our sponsor. This episode of the SpiceCast is sponsored by Lemony. Do you suffer from unpleasant knee odors? Does your partner skip over your patella when caressing your leg because they complain that their fingers will smell bad after touching it? Well then Lemony is perfect for you. It's the only product that's guaranteed to wipe out unpleasant popliteal aromas and replace them with a citrusy, fresh scent. Other knee deodorizers cover up smells and wear off quickly, but Lemony 
eliminates the stench completely and leaves your knees smelling great. Try Lemony today and you'll never go back to a pre-Lemony knee. Better knee, better me. Ashley, have you tried Lemony? You know, I have not tried Lemony. Um, love the idea, but it it truly just masks the issue. As a, as a pretty perspiry kind of girl, I, I suffer from, from knee sweat for sure, but I want the sweating to stop. I don't particularly want my knees to smell lemony. Jeez, they gave us money. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. I hate to, I mean, but I, you know, I'm just one, I'm just one, I'm just one person, you know. Well, well Heidi, do stuff. you have, Heidi, do you have anything to say about lemony? Yeah, I couldn't disagree more. Um, with the other guests on the podcast. Uh, I use Lemony every day. Um, it, any other knee deodorizers are just incomparable. And believe me, everyone, when I say that you need Lemony. Well, thank you. At least one of our guests knows how to endorse a product. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you gotta keep it honest for the consumers, okay? Yeah, 50% Authent- of... Authenticity. <laughs> 50% of redheads endorse Lemony. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much to Lemony for being a proud sponsor of the SpiceCast. And remember, better knee, better me, Lemony. And now, back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about the medicinal uses for ginger. Ashley, do you want to lead us off? Yeah, sure. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, I feel like um, in this time at home, a lot of us are trying to stay healthy in any way as we can. Um, And I think that ginger as a health benefit has had some resurgence. And through my research, like it literally does it all. Like it helps muscle pain, it eases cold and flu symptoms, it relieves nausea, it improves digestion, it reduces gas. I think it's said to um, prevent cancer and Alzheimer's. Um, so like there's just there's just like no downside, you know, like why not throw it in your stew or your, you know, soup or your coffee or whatever. Um, but I think it's like very impressive as a spice. Like I don't know a spice I haven't I haven't actually done a lot of research about turmeric, but like I don't know a spice that can rival it rival it. Like I think it's like a super superfood spice, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's what they say. And that's I what, think that's what they say. Well, <laughs> I think there is still some discussion. I, I don't think there's any discussion that ginger is harmful in the amounts that can normally be consumed by humans. So I don't think mm-hmm. anybody needs to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. I do think, what? I would just, are you about to speak about overconsumption? Because I didn't even think about that. No, I don't think it's possible to overconsume oh. based on current research. That's, that's incredible news. Yeah. Unless you're like distilling ginger oil and like taking it by the cup full. I don't think you're going <laughs> to, I don't uh. think you're going to get to any place like that. Dang. I got to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's probably slightly bad for your um, 
for some of your internal organs if you do that. <laughs> but in the amounts that are normally used by humans, I feel like it. I, the the research seems to point to no no uh, negative effects. Well, I think I mean, that and, is, that's wild. Yeah. And I I think it's just in terms of like only a placebo effect. Ginger tastes healthy to me. <laughs> so I just think like if I drink something with ginger in it, I am I like automatically feel healthier. It's almost like drinking green juice, just the flavor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I'm um, an Olympic athlete. Like I'm I'm so healthy and in shape from my one cup mm-hmm. of something ginger. I think same thing with turmeric. Like if you drink a turmeric latte, you you feel like this tastes bad enough that I, it must be really good. Absolutely. And I think for ginger, it's more of a, this tastes good, but I can still see how it benefits me somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, in addition to the, the modern uses, I wanted to add on that ginger is used in traditional Ayurvedic medicine in India and traditional Burmese medicine uh, in South, uh, Southeast Asia. And in those traditional medicines, in addition to the, the um, benefits that you listed, it was also used to treat migraines as well as mm-hmm. high blood pressure. I um, mean, what can't it do? Like, <laughs> that's I will say also, I was reading a research paper out of, the, out of NIH, and it was sort of going over all of the research that had been done on ginger in the last few years. And it is known as an antioxidant, which mm-hmm. could lead to improved kidney function, as well as minor protection from radiation. So that's like, I think that's the ultimate, uh, the ultimate use for ginger is like if there's a, a nuclear fallout of some sort, you're gonna have to eat ginger to protect you from the radiation, right? Yeah, that's like a superpower. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, basically. And it's, <laughs> I, I think they wanted to stress, it's very, very minor protection from only certain types of radiation. Um, but it has to do with the, the type of fat that is produced in your body, I believe, when you eat it. Or, or isn't produced, I guess. Wow, that's um, crazy. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to incorporate it into my diet every day as much as I can. Nice. So ginger is, like you said, well-established as a way to alleviate nausea and vomiting. But I thought it was also interesting that you can prevent nausea by eating it before you have the activity that might make you nauseous. So it's used to prevent seasickness as well as motion sickness. I literally thought you were going to say it can like prevent a hangover. And I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> all in. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm also not not, not saying, saying that. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm going to circle back to you and let you know we'll do like, some, what I... Yeah, we'll do some of our own Honestly, research. yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the best way... I think I'm going to have to buy some ginger pills. It's my preferred way to ingest like a, a lot of ginger. Like, you don't you like, know, like just biting into... Size. You don't like <laughs> yeah. just biting into a rhizome? Mm, no, I, you know, I did... I've tried that this, this morning. I did try that. <laughs> you know what? Because like, you know, what the fuck? What else am I doing? And I bought okay. I bought a ginger rhizome, and or ginger root rhizome. I don't actually know how you say it, but um, 
it was hard to find it. It was like a sweet potato, I would say. Like a <laughs> it was very firm. Um, what the one thing I did want to like dispute a little bit on what you said was the cancer part. So. Mm-hmm. From what I read, there's a lot of research into whether ginger can treat or prevent cancer, and it's all sort of in the early stages. There are some um, good results, but there are also some like uh, results that show no effect so far. So I, th- I think it's possible that something could come out of all of that research, but um, it's not yet like proven in amounts that are consumable by humans, based on my research. I got my fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in the future. I feel like that's true for a lot of spices, though, where they're like, oh, it has possible anti-cancer like, properties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, most things, I think, are like possibly might prevent or possibly will cost. Like, there's not even like, yep. I don't really know anything that's like, you have no risk of getting it or not getting it. Like, Everything yeah. causes cancer these days, I feel like. Causes or treats, like yes, one or the exactly. other. Yeah. yeah. Anything else to add about the medicinal uses for ginger? I just want to encourage all the, the listeners to use ginger in their daily diet or incorporate it into their, their um, medicinal or food usage because why the fuck not you know i agree it's tasty and it is not gonna hurt you Mm -hmm. so with that uh let's move on to talk about redheaded people So let's do a, uh, a segment on ginger people uh, or redheaded people. Uh, like we've been saying the whole time, people with red hair are sometimes called gingers. Uh, red hair occurs naturally in 1% to 2% of humans, making it the rarest natural hair color in the world. Um, as you may have guessed, people with northern and northwestern European ancestry have the uh, the are most likely to have red hair with ireland being the country with the most uh or the the greatest percentage of redheads at at around 10 percent um do either of you know about the health risks and benefits that come along with red hair i was really interested to read about this heidi has some personal experience well the risks i believe i don't know if I've read a lot of places that redheads are um, less susceptible to, or maybe that's not the right word, but um, anesthesia doesn't work as well on us, or we need more. Uh Um, And I always read that and thought it was fake, but I will say one time I broke my arm, and when I was in surgery, they didn't give me enough anesthesia, I guess, and I woke up in the middle of surgery, so who knows if that's if those are related or not but yeah that did happen to me that sounds horrible i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> i was fine <laughs> i think i think when i read i i have done some research about like the benefits um or health or 
what sets us apart from other hair colors. And I think I've only like absorbed the things that I think are kind of cool. Um, so I, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that redheads bleed more. Um, so we're like typically iron deficient, which is not that cool, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and also obviously we are way more sensitive to sunlight. Yes. Um, yes. I think which, that was the big one that I read about. Yeah. Which I, you probably have more information about, but Heidi and I can both speak that, to that we have had terrible sunburns and we've never worked. We still deny sunscreen sometimes, so. Well, yeah. I, the information that I have is not specifically about sunburns. It's about melanoma, but I think it's related to the sunburns, right? Right. Yeah. So um, apparently redheads have a higher risk of melanoma, but I, I think that's probably just correlated to lighter skin that right. doesn't tan mm-hmm. as easily. Right. I, I just want to say use protection, everybody, because. Yeah, absolutely. The sun's out here. The spice cast. The Spice Cast will endorse will that you should always use protection in every facet of life. Yes, um, but yeah, no, I think, um, I think speaking to fair skin, like um, I myself have been a, fi- a fake tanner in my life, um, and oftentimes I would really like to, like, literally, my skin would match my hair. It was like crazy. Um, Jeez. Yeah, I know. I don't recommend. But now I've really, like, embraced, like, the fair skin look, which I feel like right now in in this day and age, really being really tan is, like, sought after, especially for women. So um, really going against the grain here. (laughs) Yeah, I have definitely had my fair share of really bad sunburns and sun poisoning. Um, it's never fun, so I second Ashley's suggestion to use protection. Um, and I will say I, I lived in Florida for a while, and I, I was outside every single day for work. Um, and I did eventually start to get a little bit of a tan, so it is possible. I still wore sunscreen every day. But if you're a redhead listening and you think there's no hope, <laughs> there is. Um, and Just also like go outside said. every single day. Yeah, in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> in I will Florida. say Heidi Heidi had like literally the biggest glow up. Like she was pale. And <laughs> she really did like get a solid tan. I will say it might have been just like a lot of freckles congealed together to look like a tan. <laughs> that's true. But I mean that still count. Yeah, if it looks tan, that's what matters, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think um going back to like the anesthesia portion um i always saw that as like our pain tolerance is really high yep which i don't know if that's true but i've stuck with it and so like anytime the topic is brought up i'm like yeah i mean nothing hurts me so (laughs) yeah Um, that was that was something that i read definitely is that redheads have a higher pain tolerance than others yeah how do you on average how do you know? Like, how did how is that research done? I don't understand. I think it's, I I don't know for sure, but my guess is that it's um, self-reported levels of pain. So they'll do a particular painful action, like a, a small electric shock or something, mm-hmm. and they'll ask you to rate how much pain that is on a scale of one to ten. 
So either we're literally, we it is true that we don't experience pain like others, or we're out here lying, we're just <laughs> yeah. trying to say, trying to be cooler. We're like, that Maybe. was probably like a seven, but I'm going to say it was a two, so they think I'm badass. <laughs> um, which that was something I would do for sure. Yeah, that, that attitude might be um, common across a lot of redheads, so who really knows? <laughs> yeah. So moving on to... Uh, discrimination against people with red hair Um, that's been going on for centuries but like we were talking about earlier uh, a lot of the modern stereotypes about redheads come from south park specifically a 2005 episode of south park called ginger kids Um, and that's where the uh, gingers have no souls come comes from Uh, do either of you have any reactions to that I mean, we definitely felt that, you know, we, I, I don't remember watching the episode, uh, when it came out, like I would just, just felt the like repercussions of the episode. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I, I'm glad it happened. I think it really humbled me. I think <laughs> if anything, I have a better personality coming out of it. Um, I think like, you know, you know, in the face of adversity, you, you either come out on top or come out on bottom. And I just think, I, I don't know about you, but I feel stronger because of it. And I feel, I feel like I had, I really am confident that I like have an affinity for my red hair now because of that episode. I don't know if that makes sense. But. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it definitely made us tougher. I mean, I don't know. I guess in 2005, I was still in elementary school um so kids could be cruel but Mm. i guess i just because i had you know lived all of my life before then with red hair and i knew like i I wasn't gonna change um i didn't really let it get to me um and yeah it just made me tougher also i will say that the no soul thing i think empowered me to um (laughs) act like a little bit more of a bitch (laughs) because (laughs) yeah i had you know, if, what are people going to say that I don't have a soul? Well, they already say that. So, <laughs> yeah, I will say, yeah, that didn't really bother me that much. And also, um, our parents were like super big redhead advocates. Uh, like they, they always encourage us to love our hair. And also mm-hmm. just to preface this, like growing up as a redhead was not hard. Like, oh yeah. We were not. Yeah. Like disclaimer. We, we, I, yeah. We disclaimer. There is no, like I would, I would even hesitate to say discrimination. There is no like oppression. Like we, we are very yeah. privileged people. Well, yeah. So thank you for but, clarifying that. Yes. Just had to, had to throw that out there. But uh, yeah, I mean like my, our parents were always very encouraging to, for us to love our hair and love who we are. So um, I think that was super helpful. And I haven't I haven't thought about dyeing my hair ever. I think my mom would literally murder Heidi or myself if we did, but I've never thought about doing it. Um, so I mean, I would say it was a little a little bump in the road that that episode, but I mean, look at us now, redheads are thriving. So yeah, yeah. and if it and wasn't for that, who knows if we'd be on this podcast episode? So exactly, who knows? <laughs> and I I will say um, also I think a lot of people missed the point of that episode um if i'm reading correctly into it it was supposed to be telling people how stupid it was to be racist because it's based Mm -hmm. on traits that are like that uh, don't 
affect us as people primarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but people took it like incredibly literally <laughs> and especially kids. I think they didn't really get the nuances. Yeah. 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 I think like the only people to mention it to me was, were like my boy cousins who were super mature and very literal and didn't <laughs> have the depth to understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like, I don't have any hate for South Park because of it. I kind of, I, I kind of fuck with that. They, they kind of metaphorically spoke to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely talented writers in that room. For sure. But I wasn't like, Heidi and I didn't watch, or sorry, Heidi, I didn't watch <laughs> South Park growing up. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm like also not a fan. Like, I, I don't remember, like, I feel like if I was like a huge fan of South Park and then they antagonized me and I wasn't able to see like the metaphorical side, I'd have been like, oh, that's sad. Like my heroes, you know, I don't know. Right. I mean, at the end of the episode, I don't know if either of you have seen it lately, um, but at the end of the episode, Cartman, who's the one who's been perpetrating all of the hate against ginger people, realizes that it's stupid and Mm -hmm. they all sing a song together about how uh, everybody should love each other, basically. So, see, I love that. I haven't seen it in forever, but yeah, well, that's my I, favorite I, episode. I did watch it in preparation for this <laughs> podcast. I will say, I think like it kind of like grew a life of its own, and a ton of people who've never watched South Park or even maybe heard of South Park definitely know that like gingers have no souls, Trump yep. or whatever. I think it came from a couple of YouTube videos, right? Yeah. Or early that YouTube right. videos. Yeah. A lot of memes with that redheaded young redheaded boy, which I oh, will yeah. say, I think that this is completely kind of off topic, but I think um, growing up as a redheaded girl was easier than growing up as a redheaded boy. Um, yeah. I literally don't know why, but um, I just feel like guys had some anger, and I'm not saying us girls didn't either but the redheaded men that i've experienced were pretty angry when they were younger but that could just be like totally wrong but well it's interesting that you say that because in film and television there is a higher propensity for redheads being cast as bullies Mm. um than other hair colors in terms of like the frequency of those hair colors appearing in the u.s that's crazy Um, because maybe subconsciously that's what i have to do to do and i mean maybe subconsciously that's how directors are casting as well yeah that's fascinating wow yeah that's crazy i did just say that being i think i said being a redhead empowered me to be a bitch so (laughs) Maybe we're not. Maybe we just are bitches. Yeah. You know? like maybe we're just out here being bitches. <laughs> maybe we're no, boys. I mean, my the first red hat head I've known, which is my mother, is literally the kindest person I, I've ever known. So That's true. I just like. But there is I like the it. the redhead temper, like the fiery temper. Oh, oh, for sure. Which I've never seen in our mother, but I see in Heidi and I every all the time. Oh, also, I really like. Um, I think growing up as a redhead, I really, like, looked to redheaded, like, cartoon characters. Um, oh, yeah. Any in so, particular? 
Yeah, um, I we were big Scooby Doo watchers. Um, mm-hmm. I loved um, Daphne. Oh, yeah, Daphne. No, sorry. No, what the? Sorry. No, I well, I like da- I will say Velma was like way smarter. No offense, Daphne, but I really like Daphne. Um, Misty from there Pokemon. was like Misty was from Pokemon was like my fucking girl. Um, I don't know, like I this this is gonna be a crazy thought, but like I looked for people who looked like me in cartoons or like you know movies, um, and I just think like South Park did. I think it's like so. I just think people of color are probably were probably doing the same thing growing up, and they didn't see anyone, which I think is really fucked up and sick. But I absolutely, mean, like Heidi, like Heidi, I mentioned, like literally growing up was right. It was not fucking hard at all. We're we're, right. we're joking about it, but um, yeah, I think I think I looked to and and redheaded women in cartoons and movies were kind of like this seductive, typically cast as like a seductive, powerful, mysterious woman. Uh, like Poison Ivy I think about or and usually they were villainous um, which I kind of like thought was sick and I was like fuck yeah like I like this energy so I feel like there is something to that in terms of like society's perceptions of redheaded women as um, seductresses mm-hmm. um, I think I think that goes back like way further than just uh u.s television media and film media um it's like even going back to like greek gods and roman god or greek goddesses and roman goddesses and things like that Mm -hmm. um there there's been like this um this association between redheaded women and like fiery passionate love but also Mm -hmm. fiery passionate anger for quite a long time yeah which, like, honestly, it kind of tracks with what, who I am as a person. <laughs> also, it is made um, for some great Halloween costumes. I I was just about to say, say that, Heidi. Um, also, I forgot our girl Ariel. Like, shit, she's, like, the OG. Right Can't now. forget about so, Ariel. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Like, I, I wanted to be a mermaid for most of my life. So I was like, I have to fill my dream. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, that's true. Let's that's be true. honest. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, I don't really like, like, water makes me pruny. So I was like, no, I'm not interested. Logistically, um, the mermaid life Logistically, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that, like, that portrayal of redheaded women, like, made me want to be that. How did you feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, it's like what you said earlier. I think um, you look to, to, you know, Hollywood or what in books or whatever for for role models that look like yourself um so yeah i agree so nowadays there i think like you but you both were saying i think the redheaded trait the ginger trait has been taken back sort of from the you know mild discrimination that might have come after the uh, the south park episode and now there are redhead festivals and conventions uh, in cities around the world. Would either of you attend a redhead festival? 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe yeah. I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah, I I remember in high school, like, Googling, like, when, when this happened or... Because I was like, I'm, I'm for sure going to go. But I think, isn't it in a... 
I didn't notice there if there was one in the U.S. or not. But there are, uh, there are a few really big ones in like Ireland and Scotland mm-hmm, and yeah. that area, but I think they've spread to other places around the world as well mm-hmm. now. By now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm definitely interested. Uh, yeah, me too. I remember one time I saw, this is kind of related, I just saw like a big redheaded family um, somewhere in public. There was like 12 were, of them. Were they the Weasleys? <laughs> they might have been. Um, they had red hair. I they, None of them were in their robes, so I don't know if they were hand-me-downs. Um, okay. But <laughs> I think I, I like asked them to get a picture with them <laughs> as a redhead with like other redheads. And oh, really yeah, like... What, what the heck is she doing? But like seeing a lot of redheads is is rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, I agree. And I think I think for I have literally no boundaries with redheads I see in public. Like I just I I automatically feel really comfortable with them, and so I like will approach them in any means. Um, and I don't know if they're okay with that, but um, <laughs> I do. Oh, also a, a large point in in like pop cult, pop culture that I've seen. Um, in like series that I really loved, especially Lord of the Rings. Um, so like Samwise was Frodo's best companion, and uh-huh. ultimately, I don't know if you guys, well, I know how he has, but if you've seen Lord of the Rings, yes, he is literally, I think, the true hero in that in that absolutely uh, pairing. Um, and similarly, uh, Ron Weasley was Harry's companion. I think that those characters have a lot of um, similarities. Um, and I just think this is a testament that it's really good to have a redhead friend because they really, they support you, uh, they empower you, they lift you up when you know times of need. So, um, just saying, like, <laughs> you don't have a redhead friend, like, get yourself a redhead friend. Wait, so Ashley, are you looking for friends? Is that what we're cleaning <laughs> yeah, from? Guys, this? I'm so lonely. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't. You know, I don't have a lot of redheaded friends, which like, I don't know. What the well, fuck you I'm are doing. you are the redheaded friend, right? I guess, yeah, but yeah. like that's a lot. That's a big weight to carry, though. <laughs> yeah, you have to be the hero of of everybody else's story. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine with me, but now I'm like, do I am I threatened by other redheads? Like, is that why I don't want to be a friend? Like, wow, <laughs> it's like opening up a lot of doors. Well, if you would like to be friends with a redhead, please email us at podcast at thespicecast.com. And we will definitely pass your email along to a legitimate redhead. Oh my god, we should make gingersmeet.com or something crazy. Like, we should Ooh, make dating, a friend dating. dating. App. Yeah, because if you want to have a redheaded baby, like, your best odds are going to be with a redheaded counterpart, I'm assuming. I don't really, I haven't done like a pun experiment in a while. But... I assume that's how genetics works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's the only dating site that hasn't been created yet. Literally, why? What the? I mean, the space is wide open. Like, it's not saturated. That's a free idea for all of you. However, yeah. Wait, damn it! Cut that out. (laughs) Um, I will say it could. Like, I'm already seeing the backlash. Like, it is pretty discriminatory. Actually, it's very discriminatory. It's a horrible idea. (laughs) It's a terrible idea. Don't do it. Don't. And then, yeah, cut that. Here, here is here's what it will be. It's going to be called like whatever whatever ginger meat or whatever and it is only going to be for people who like to eat ginger in the same way so if you really like that sushi ginger or if you really like um ginger tea uh, that's going to be how they match you up with people that's that's really good actually yeah 
and then we don't have to be discriminatory at all it's just like based on what you enjoy yeah wow i like that so with that i think we should move into pop culture related to ginger jump into ginger in pop culture not redheads specifically um but the the word ginger and the spice ginger uh in pop culture and news and stuff like that let's do it so i don't know if either of you have heard of hurricane ginger have you no when was that that was in 1971 it was the second longest lasting Atlantic hurricane on record. Um, and it primarily affected North Carolina and a few um, islands in the Caribbean, but primarily North Carolina. And I have a really fun fact about Hurricane Ginger and it is not related to Ginger at all, but I just thought it was really interesting. So the US government had this project called Project Storm Fury and for Project Storm Fury, they were attempting to weaken tropical storms and hurricanes by flying planes over them and dropping pellets of silver iodide into them, into the like center of the storm. <laughs> what? Because they because what? they thought that that would like the silver iodide would cause the structure of the storm to crystallize and it might disrupt the cyclone of the tropical storm and hurricane ginger was the last test of project storm fury in 1971 they finally realized that it did not work at all to drop silver iodide pellets into the middle of a hurricane yeah that seems dangerous as also just to name if you're gonna name a hurricane ginger like you know she's fixing to be a bitch, so, like, <laughs> why? Don't even name it. Don't even, like, contemplate that name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, I had no idea that was even a, a thing that that the U.S. Yeah. government did. The U.S. government had so many crazy projects in the, like, <laughs> 50s through 70s. What was the name of that? Project Storm, Storm Fury. I like, I good... like how exciting it, it sounds. Yeah, you I mean, know. if you're gonna, it sounds name like a it project. wouldn't be dumb as fuck. It sounds like it wouldn't be dumb, but it truly is just dumb. No, it sounds I mean, like it's pulled from a superhero movie. <laughs> we would we would not be saying it was dumb if it had worked though. That's that's true. I mean, yeah, because I if we could, I... if we could disrupt hurricanes before they hit the coast, that would be amazing. That'd be that would be sick. Yeah. Especially in 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. If I would, I still don't think I would call it Storm Fury. Fury. If you're gonna stop, it's the like storm. An- anti-Storm Fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's like not well named, but I, I like the energy that they were going for. Yeah, yeah. So, moving on from hurricanes, um, there is also a chain of budget hotels in India known as Ginger Hotels. How do you feel about that? Would you stay we there? We love it. Yeah, we love a deal. Like. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think, honestly, I'd rather be a budget hotel than a luxury hotel. Would you rather be a budget hotel or a hurricane? I would rather be a hurricane. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know if I'd want to be a hurricane if people are dropping, what was it, silver... Silver iodide? (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't want to be that hurricane. I mean, silver is valuable, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and also it didn't work on you, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can keep spinning as much as you want. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, they're just, yeah, they're just giving you some color. Basically. Actually, they were just trying to cure your dizziness, but, you know, if you <laughs> so don't want thoughtful. that, that's okay. <laughs> so thoughtful of the, so, the government to do that. <laughs> so perhaps the most famous person named Ginger in history is Ginger Rogers, who I'm sure both of you are are familiar with. Um, But maybe you don't know her real name, which was Virginia Catherine McMath. Is Ginger a common nickname for For Virginia? Virginia? I had not made that connection until I read this name, but I kind of think it might be. I don't don't know if it's common, but... It's not like super far-fetched. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, Ginny is not so far off from Ginger, and that's definitely used for Virginia. Mm-hmm, true. Um, so Ginger Rogers was most famous for her film roles in musicals alongside Fred Astaire. Um, she was known for uh, singing and dancing. But I something I didn't know about her is that she also won an Oscar in 1940, for her lead role in a film called Kitty Foyle, which was not a a musical at all. She was just a very good actor as well. Well, I have, um, yeah, I've definitely heard of her musicals and stuff, but I didn't know she was an Academy Award winner. That's exciting. It's a yeah. good thing to have for, uh, for us, us gingers. I'm gonna loop <laughs> right with, with redheads also. <laughs> So there are um, two musical artists that go by the name, like simply the name Ginger. Um, So there is a 90s Canadian rock band called Ginger and an English rock guitarist, singer, and songwriter whose real name is David Walls, um, but goes by Ginger or Ginger Wildheart. And I feel like that's a pretty great name, Ginger Wildheart. Yeah, I, I, I like that one. I think that's a great stage name. I have always said if I was a stripper, my name would be Ginger, so I respect that. Yeah, I feel like it goes well in like a like a theatrical or mm-hmm. um, performance context, like whether it's film or, um, you know, adult entertainment yep. or anything yeah. in between. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All facets of theater. Definitely. Um, so there are three other musical art. I mean, there are many, but there are three other primary musical artists who incorporate Ginger into their names. Um, there is Ginger Baker, which was, who was one of the founding members of the English rock band Cream. Um, there is an American drummer who goes by the name Ginger Fish, which happens to be my favorite, uh, Ginger name, um, in existence. And he played with uh, Marilyn Manson and now plays with Rob Zombie so I, I feel I just feel like Rob Zombie and Ginger Fish is a they're a great pairing yeah yep yeah. I like that I like both of those a lot <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think perhaps 
the most famous modern ginger is Ginger Spice, um, Jerry Hollowell, member of the Spice Girls. Do either of you have any more fun facts about her? Well, I would just like to say, um, long-time listener, first-time guest, Ruben, I think you should <laughs> talk about the Spice Girls more <laughs> in the Spice cast. Um. <laughs> you know, this is the second time, perhaps. Uh, is it the second time or third time? I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> I think it should be an episode, every episode thing. Yeah, just maybe like you can start doing like, where are they now? Like, oh, Posh Spice went grocery shopping this week and on to the next Oh, segment. so <laughs> we're just going to become a paparazzi podcast. <laughs> yeah, but only for the Spice Girls. Only for the Spice Girls. And I think that's super relevant and you'll get a lot of new listeners for that reason. <laughs> I did, correct me if I'm wrong, but like they are back, question mark, without Posh? What? I believe, yeah, they've been performing. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, not not lately. Uh, yeah. But before uh, the pandemic, I think they were performing pretty regularly. Yeah. See, that's the only thing I've heard, though, so I don't know if it's, like, going amazing, you know? But um, <laughs> all I know about Ginger Spice is that she wears the flag dress. Yes. And I just, like, remember being, like, that's not really, that, that's not my outfit. You know, like, I was never, like, even though I was a ginger and it made sense and she had red hair, I didn't want to be that member of the Spice Girls. I think that's understandable. Which member of the Spice Girls would you like to be? Either Sporty Spice or Posh Spice. How do you, what would yeah. you, what would I you would, place me? I was going to say you were Posh, but I think you could be Sporty, too. Yeah, I, I like, I want to be posh, but I think just, if I'm being realistic, I'm sporty, you know? Yeah. What, what about you, Heidi? Um, uh, same. Love, love Ginger Spice. Um, love her dress, but I think I'm, I think I'm Baby Spice. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Ruben? Yeah, which Spice Girl are you? I am not super acquainted with the Spice Girls, um, but... Uh, from what I've heard people talk about, Scary Spice is probably the one that I would want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all good, you know? I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong. Just to, yeah, to be a Spice Girl would be awesome, but I was never just really, I know, was never into the, the flag dress. Like, I don't really like dresses, though, so maybe that was it, but I don't know. If they had been say... flag pants, would it have been better? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Love a, love a pant situation i think spice girls was one of our first cds actually correct me if i'm wrong but it was like britney yeah. spears and and then spice girl spice mm. world yeah was the cd spice world mm, i would say i think that's like the only cd that i'm familiar with of them or like album of theirs i'm familiar with which is embarrassing but yeah i uh or is it their only one i don't even know we are woefully uneducated about the Spice yeah, Girls. Yeah, dude, I if, hope the Spice if, Girls, yeah, don't listen yeah, to <laughs> if any, If any listeners, including the Spice Girls, would like to write in and tell us more about the beautiful and very talented women of that group, uh, you should write to us at podcast at thespicecast.com. You can also tweet at us at the Spicecast or uh, write to us on Facebook at the Spicecast Podcast. You like those little plugs? I'm, I'm trying to work those, those in plugs. more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. We're really doing them dirty. But... No no hate mail. I'm, no, I'm looking okay. at you, Spice Girls. 
Don't send don't me. don't don't DM me. Don't DM me about it, and don't be like, "Hey, fuck you for not knowing you, about the Spice Girls." Like, sorry. You can write to the Spice Cast about the Spice Girls, and uh, or as the Spice Girls, however you want. Mm-hmm. We are asking to be educated. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I found. Um, interesting is i i found a quote from george harrison recently um the member of the beatles and he in his quote he identified the beatles as the spice boys um he like said they were the spice girls before the spice girls and i don't i don't think i really feel good about that um Uh, spice boys doesn't sound right like yeah um but i think he was just sort of uh, attesting to the Beatles' like, rela- like relationship with young people and place in pop culture at the time, so you know. I ha- yeah, I gotta disagree because Spice Girls were uh, empowering to women, while the Beatles, I you know, were more of like a universal, easygoing happiness situation. If that makes sense. But I yeah. mean. I mean, we had, I mean, they, the anthem was, I want to be, is that what it's called? Right. Want to be, yeah. Like, that taught us, like, what to expect in a man. And, like, we will not settle for less. Like, if you don't like our friends, then fuck off. Like, the Beatles never gave me anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I want to say, like, the Spice Girls could sing... Yellow Submarine, but the Beatles couldn't sing "Wannabe." That's—I mean, don't don't DM me, but I'm saying that that might Hot be controversial. Take. Hot take. <laughs> that might be the hottest take we've had on the Spice Cast in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, I... <laughs> you know what? I would really like to hear a Ringo Starr cover of "Wannabe." Yeah, He's so the only one probably... still alive, right? Yeah. Uh, is Paul McCartney still alive? Oh yes, Paul yeah. McCartney is still alive. Okay. No, uh, we don't DM us about the Beatles either. Like we don't know shit about Paul, pa- Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. If you are listening, we would love a cover of "Wannabe" to just to prove us wrong that you can do it. Yeah. We want to yeah. see that. And like, what Beatles song would you want the Spice Girls to sing? I just threw it out there, but I'm like, oh, I didn't really have time. Think Ooh. about it. I feel like any of them could be a good Spice Girls song, especially the early ones, because they were a little bit more poppy. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like they would go extremely well with like an ensemble uh, girl group. Yeah. Honestly, I'd be like, into it. not to like out myself, but my Beatles knowledge like only comes from Across the Universe, that movie. So, like, if you want to write to the Spice cast, like, let us know about information about the Beatles, like, feel free, you know? Maybe just, like, include, like, a roundup of, like, Spice Girls and Beatles. Interestingly, there is a Beatles song that mentions Ginger. Oh! And it is called Savoy Truffle. And um, Savoy Truffle, I believe, is a a food as well. So I think a lot of the lyrics are food-related, and they mention Ginger somewhere in there. So if you're looking for a a spice reference in a beatles song that's a good one to look at look out for 
Uh, other songs called Ginger. Um, there's an Irving Berlin song called Ginger. There's a Frankly, Frankie Avalon song called Ginger Bread, which is very heartwarming. Um, and there are too many other songs that mention Ginger to list all of them. Um, but some artists that clearly love Ginger a lot and include them in, included in their lyrics are Pink Floyd, Ella Fitzgerald, the Velvet Underground, and many more. So ginger is a very well-loved spice in music. Love to hear that. Yeah. So here's here's a question I have for both of you. I, I wasn't familiar with this show, um, but there was a early 2000s animated Nickelodeon show called As Told by Ginger. Are either of you familiar with that? No. It uh, feels like it's have... right in my time period, but yeah, yeah. we didn't have cable, so <laughs> okay, yeah. Not... For I don't know why we didn't have cable, but I feel like we missed a lot of like culturally culturally relevant cartoons. Like, like I didn't even watch SpongeBob. Like that's absurd, and I shouldn't share that. But um, <laughs> no hate mail yeah. about SpongeBob allowed. <laughs> yeah, I wish I did. I'm sad. I feel like it's like too late to get into it, but. <laughs> No, I, I haven't heard of... It's never too late. <laughs> the name, um, well, as... Yeah, go ahead. The name, as told by Ginger, sounds really familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely going to Google it later. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, know if, I don't know if you would recognize her if you saw her, but the, the protagonist, the main character, is a red-haired girl named Ginger Foutley. Hmm. And I think... I didn't remember the show at all, but when I looked at... When I looked her up, um, I definitely could remember seeing a character like that on TV at one point. So there are also characters in a number of other shows named Ginger. Um, So in Gilligan's Island, Ginger Grant is one of the main love interests on the island for Gilligan. Um, On the West Wing, there's a White House staffer named Ginger. Uh, On the Simpsons, uh, the Vegas wife, in quotation marks, of Ned Flanders is named Ginger. Uh, and on the kids' show Phineas and Ferb, there is also a character called Ginger who is one of the fireside girls. I wasn't super familiar with any of those, but um, maybe maybe you have any takes on those? I, I remember Phineas and Ferb Ginger. <laughs> And Gilligan's Island, but I don't know. I don't think I know the rest of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't Do either of you know someone named Ginger in real life? I was about to say I don't know. I don't personally know Ginger either. I don't think I've met a Ginger. So... I think I know a dog named Ginger, but not a human. Is yeah, that is that bad to say? <laughs> no. no, I, I need like to keep wish dying. I knew. Yeah, now I'm gonna fi- try to find a Ginger friend. A, gin- a friend named Ginger. I mean, so you're looking for all kinds of friends. Friends yeah, named Ginger, friends with red hair. I'm in, I, know, I know, I know, I know Virginia, and I could just call her Ginger. And you could be like, apparently that's your nickname. Yeah. Um, Heidi, sorry, what you're gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say, a redhead named Ginger would be really be like two birds, one stone. Spot mm-hmm. on. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms yeah. of film. There have been a few films called Ginger. 
including a 1935 American comedy and a 2013 Indian action comedy. Ooh, that sounds yeah. Uh, Ginger is also the main character in the 2000 stop motion animation film Chicken Run. Did you, oh, did you, did you shit. see that movie? Fuck, yeah. Chicken Run. Right? Or is she one of the chickens? She was the main character. Oh, okay. The main. The main chicken, I chicken. believe. Her name is yeah. Ginger? Yes. Wait, actually, actually, I watch that all the time growing up. No, yeah, like, it was, like, disturbing, but good, you know? Was it, like, was it <laughs> yes. claymation? What, what what was that animation? It, it was, was, like... Yeah, stop-motion animation. Stop, yeah. yeah. Was it Pixar? No. It was not Pixar. Not. DreamWorks? DreamWorks? Probably. I, I cannot tell you who made it, but... Um, yeah, how did I watch it way too much? Um, I really like that kind of animation, and um, I really like chickens, so... Actually, like, <laughs> I don't like chickens... Well... I just told her, I don't really like chickens, but I, I respected her. And it kind of made, like, I feel, Heidi is now vegan, and I try to limit my meat intake, and I feel like that movie, along with Babe, really kind of, like, made an impact on, on us and, in, like, farm animals, you know? Yeah, I feel that. I don't think that movie did anything for, I don't. Oh, what's that other movie, Home on the Range? Oh, that was one. Yeah. I, I... I seriously, we've seen that movie so many times, but I don't think I could have told you that her name was Ginger. No, that doesn't ring a bell at all. But isn't the premise of her trying to escape? Yeah. The like chicken place. And that yep. that chicken from guy chicken from out of town comes in and says he can fly or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like very similar to Nemo. TV is like, <laughs> not to like call out Nemo, but like they definitely stole the block. But okay. Um, <laughs> So in terms of books that have to do with Ginger, there is a 1990 biography of coal miner, coal miner and labor union leader Albert Goodwin that is called Ginger, the life and death of Albert Goodwin. And that is because his nickname was Ginger and he had bright red hair and um, he was a pretty interesting guy. And I feel like... Uh, I did. I would never have found this book if it weren't for uh, doing the research for this podcast. So he was a good, good person. You would say. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a former coal miner, and then he became like a really influential labor union leader. I believe in Canada, um, mm-hmm. and he helped miners and other uh, laborers unionize and get better pay and get better benefits and working conditions and things like that. I love to see that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I love uh, when redheads shine. I love it. I love <laughs> to see it. I feel like a personal like victory, and like I, yeah. I like literally feel like they're like my family member, friends. Like I feel that kind of affection. Anyways, <laughs> I understand that. There, there are some children's books uh, that have Ginger in the title as well. There's a 1997 children's picture book called Ginger, uh, which follows the story of an orange cat which makes sense. Um, and then there is the classic Eleanor Estes children's book. I don't know if either of you saw this when you were growing up. It's called Ginger Pie, P-Y-E, and it follows the escapades of a puppy named Ginger Pie. Either of you see that? I didn't, no. but I want to. Yeah, yeah that I, sounds cute. I would highly recommend looking that up. That was That's a pretty 
cute children's book. And I think it was written in the 50s, so it's very wholesome. Oh. It's like, there's there's no danger, I feel like, at all. <laughs> um, also, in the novel Black Beauty, there is a horse named Ginger. And there's a novel that was published in 1955 called The Ginger Man. And it was extremely, extremely su- successful. Uh, sold over 45 million copies, I believe, uh, all told, despite the fact that it was banned, or maybe because of the fact that it was banned in multiple countries for its obscenity. Oh, wow. What was the, t- what was, like, the plot? Apparently, the, the main character swore a lot and drank a lot and did various lewd actions uh, and was generally not a very like upstanding man yeah. uh and so it got banned in the u.s and ireland and a couple of other countries as well wow. i have I not like that... i have not read that one <laughs> is it still banned <laughs> i mean whether or not it's still banned i'm sure you could get a copy of it <laughs> but i don't think so I'll, I'll read it and let you guys know what i think <laughs> Please do. If you've read The Ginger Man, definitely uh, let us know. Uh, any of you listeners, write into us. Um, so there are a lot of other novels with Ginger in their titles. Too many to list, but um, one story that I did want to bring up is the the folk tale The Gingerbread Man, which is also called The Gingerbread Boy. Do either of you know about that one? Um. um. Only the Shrek's. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. It's totally related. So, the folktale was first printed in 1875, and it is about a gingerbread man, a gingerbread cookie, who is baked by an old woman, and he comes to life and runs away. And. Spoilers if you. If you uh, don't want to hear the ending to a story that's about 150 years old, please skip ahead like a minute or something. Um, But the gingerbread man who escapes is then eaten by a fox, which is a very sad ending to the story. Fuck, I didn't even know that. A fox? Wait, but foxes have been here mostly too. Yeah. It all comes back to red hair. Um so later versions of that story contained the line run run as fast as you can you can't catch me i'm the gingerbread man so that's where that line originated so it wasn't in 1875 that it had that but later Mm. so that was kind of interesting and then that gingerbread man from the folktale is the one that is featured in shrek and in shrek he's named gingy that's cute i love shrek (laughs) oh i figured i haven't it was from like a earlier folk tale because that's yeah. where all the all the characters in Shrek are from. Yeah, it's all yeah. But I I didn't really know about that story at all. Me either. Um, and I also in- forgot that little jingle. I think I want to use it. <laughs> in some retellings of the story, it is incredibly graphic. Not like not graphic, but like he first gets one leg eaten off by the fox and he says oh i'm a quarter gone and then he gets the other leg eaten and then he's like oh i'm half gone and then there's another bite taken out and he's like oh i'm three quarters gone and then 
the rest of him gets eaten. It's That's it's a terrible. weird it's a weird weird folktale. I mean, as most folktales are, it's like way more adult. What, is than there a right. message? You know, like what's the what's the moral like, of the story? Yeah, uh, like Oh, it, I can't even. It yeah. has it has gotten past me. Whatever the moral is, don't fuck with foxes. I guess don't run away you. from home. Yeah, when a when a an old woman bakes you, don't run away. <laughs> Just accept oh, that you're gonna be eaten by an old woman. Yeah, that's Hansel, true. Does Hansel and Gretel have anything to do with ginger? I that... think the I think the witch's house is made out of gingerbread, right? With yeah. gumdrops on the uh, outside. Yeah, yeah that. Because I'm thinking of like stories with morals, and I'm like, you know, don't talk to strangers. The house is made of candy. Um, yeah. Some yeah, and gingerbread. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, other media that uh, gingerbread people have appeared in. Uh, the Nutcracker. There was an army made out of gingerbread men, uh, and the Muppet Show had a group of gingerbread people who were singers, and they sang a song about themselves. I think. Heidi's a Muppet stan. I, I do. Say. I do love the. Oh Muppets. really? I didn't know about that though. I think you should look up the the gingerbread men in the Muppet Show. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to now. <laughs> and I'm gonna just plug this really quickly: Barbie, the Barbie Nutcracker, best Nutcracker ever made. Really, I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, oh, Ruben, you, you have to. When was it made? Do you know? Early 2000s, probably, or like. Okay. Probably around sounds 2005. Sounds like pri- sounds like prime time. So, uh, growing up. Uh, Jewish I didn't I really didn't like a lot of Christmas media um, but I, I, I'll have to give some of these uh, more of a try I, I don't think I've ever actually seen the whole Nutcracker in any capacity I've only seen the Barbie version so I might not be a good source like to, <laughs> as far as Nutcracker productions go but oh but I mean it's you just said it was the best it's a good one movie. so I'm, I'm <laughs> trusting you on that yeah I mean Heidi back me up here you know um, yeah, I also haven't, I think I've seen, like, only one other Nutcracker, um, but without even seeing the other ones, I can tell you that the Barbie one is the best. Like, you're gonna enjoy it, at least, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe you. So, finally, I have a few places that have the name Ginger, um, including Ginger, Washington, which is east of Yakima, Washington. Um, Ginger Island, which is a part of the British Virgin Islands and is uninhabited. And the Ginger Islands, Antarctica. Um, They are called that because the largest island in the Ginger Islands chain appears reddish when there is no snow. So, fun facts about ginger places. If you have visited any of those places, I will be very impressed. So, please yeah. write into us if yeah, you have. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Any other, um, any other ginger pop culture, geography, history facts that you wanted to bring up? I don't think so. I mean, now I kind of want to... Well, you, you said the one in the British Virgin Islands is uninhabited. And I, but I kind of want to go to all the gingers in the world. 
which means I think Washington would be the easiest place to yeah. get to. It's it's like an unincorporated town, I believe, in rural Washington, so you can drive there. Oh, cool. All right, that's first on my list, and then then I'll worry about Antarctica. I think Ginger is yeah. just a really good name. Like, I'm not surprised yeah. it's used in so much. It's a, it's a good yeah. word. It is. And the fact that it's used as both like a first and a last name, um, I think makes it pretty common in uh, like in media. But also the fact that a female character named Ginger has a lot of like, like we were saying earlier, connotations um, mm-hmm. in terms of like romance or uh, anger or whatever, whatever you have to say about those. I think um, like, pop culturally um speaking back to the health benefits like i think it's like trendy quote-unquote to be like healthy these days you know definitely um whether that be like you know healthy how you personify yourself on social media um so i think like it i think ginger is here to stay here to hear first i think it's here to stay because i think that like um whether we are healthy or not, like we want to be perceived as healthy. I think that ingesting, you know, ginger is a form of anything. Um, we want to, we want to, like, tell the world that. So I think, you know, if I'm if I'm sipping a ginger, like Heidi's doing, sipping a ginger um, kombucha, I might post about it. So, yeah, I think there's, I think it's going to be well received by generations to come. Well. You heard it here first, Ashley, the ginger trendsetter. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And I just want to thank both of you for joining me on this episode of the Spice Cast. Thank you, Ashley, and thank you, Heidi. It's been really fun to have you. It's been great. I'm so glad that you got to join. Yeah, I really have learned a lot, so thank you. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate the information that you all brought to the show as well. Uh, would not I have way- been nearly so informative nor entertaining without your contribution so thank you both yeah i mean i as a self-proclaimed ginger ginger influencer maybe the first of my kind you're you're welcome gin influencer or or is that just when you drink gin ginger we're gonna work on we're gonna wordsmith that i'll come back (laughs) we'll get back to you on that one Mm So if you've stuck with us this long, I just want to say thank you to you for listening. Uh, I know it's been a little bit of a long episode, but it's been a while since we've had a long episode of the Spice Cast. Um, and even though we weren't able to do a tasting in person, we are hope- hoping after the pandemic is over to be able to do some in-person tastings of all of these spices that we've been covering uh, remotely. So Ashley and Heidi, I hope you're able to join me in sometime in the next months to years uh, for a, a tasting of various types of ginger. That would be fantastic. I didn't I didn't know that was an element that you had included in this podcast, and I think we used that to is yeah amazing. I think that's awesome. Also, yeah. this it, this entire pod concept is fantastic. So thank you. Yeah. Well. Thank you again to our two guests, Ashley, Heidi, and thank you for listening to episode 12, Ginger of the Spice Cast. We will see you next time, and until then, spice on.
I'm well, I will just say, I would like you to be on every single ad so you can just <laughs> shit on all of the fucking <laughs> products that I write. Yeah, I would love to do that. <laughs> It feels great. All, it feels great is, to have my work validated in such a wonderful way. This is like off the dome too. Like you just throwing these at me and I can shoot it up.